Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode in JT Week. Woohoo! This week, I'm going to be reading you the entire Bhagavad Gita. I've already read you the first third, the first six chapters. Tonight, I'm going to read you the other six, right in the middle. And then in two more days, you're going to hear me read the final third of the epic. In the first third, it went over the beginning of the Kurukshetra War, and when Arjuna first had his lack of belief in his dharma. Krishna then went on for a long time speaking about the nature of the universe in the yogas of wisdom and selfless action. This picks up right after Krishna tells Arjuna to be a yogi. I hope you enjoy this episode of Normifrenia, and I hope you enjoy me reading you the Bhagavad Gita. The Lord said, O Partha, hear from me how, with mind attached to me, the Supreme Lord, linking your consciousness with me and taking refuge in me alone, you will without doubt be able to know me, my holy abode, my opulences, and my associates. Now I shall reveal to you this knowledge of my absolute power as well as the realization of my sweetness, knowing which nothing will remain to be known here on the supreme path. Of countless souls, few reach the human form. Of thousands of human beings, very few may try to realize the soul and the super-soul. And of thousands who have attained such realization, hardly one can actually know me. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and ego are the eight divisions of my illusory potency in this world. O mighty hero Arjuna, this external, worldly nature is inferior, but know that superior to this nature is my marginal potency, comprised of the individual souls. Worldly existence is adopted by the souls for enjoyment through fruit of actions. The divine world emanates from my eternal potency and the mundane world from my external potency. The potency of a living being is known as marginal, as they constitutionally situated midway between these planes. They may choose to reside either in the mundane or in the divine. Knowing that all species, either moving or stationary, are manifest from these two natures, as the field of action and the knower of the field, I alone am, am the cause of the manifestation and dissolution of the entire universe. O Arjuna, there is nothing superior to me. All existence depends upon me, like pearls on a thread. O son of Kunti, I am the taste of water. I am the radiance of the sun and the moon. I am Om the fundamental vibration in all the Vedas. I am sound in ether. I am masculinity in men. I am the fragrance of the earth. I am the radiance of fire. I am the lifespan of all beings. I am the power to endure duality such as cold and heat. 
no Partha. Know me as the eternal, original cause of all life. I am the intelligence of the intelligent, the power of the powerful. I am the strength of the strong, without selfishness and without attachment. I am the desire for procreation, and I am the universal principle of religion. Know that all things of the nature of goodness, passion, and ignorance are manifest from me alone. Nevertheless, I am not in them. They, subordinate to me, are in me. The entire world of living beings is diluted by the three modes of material nature. Therefore, no one can know me, the Supreme Lord, who am transcendental to these modes and immutable. My alluring, trimodal, illusory potency is practically insurmountable. However, those who take shelter in me can overcome this powerful obstacle. These four kinds of wrongdoers do not surrender unto me. The workers of fruit, comparable to animals, fallen persons who take the highest path, devotion but later reject it, considering it inadequate or worthless, those who knowledge covered by illusion, maya. Despite the scriptural study, they study the only form of Lord Narayan which is worshipful, and they think it that Lord Krishna, Lord Rama, and the other factual forms are merely mortal. And the demoniac, the impersonalists who dismember my form by the arrows of false logic, resembling demons. O Arjuna, best of the Bharatas, four kinds of persons have the fortune to worship me. The afflicted, the seeker of knowledge, the seeker of happiness, and the self-realized. Of these four types of devotees, best is the self-realized person who is my pure devotee and whose consciousness is fully absorbed in me. For I am very dear to him, and he is dear to me. Certainly they are all noble souls, dear to me, yet the spiritually self-realized soul is as beloved to me as my own self, for he has given his heart to me as his only shelter and ultimate goal of life. After many births, the enlightened soul, blessed with devotional association, realizes that everything is of the nature of Vasudev, and thus he surrenders unto me. Such a great soul is very rare. Persons misled by worldly desires, being governed by their own natures, worship other personalities, like the sun god and the many demigods, adopting the corresponding rituals to attain their objectives. According to a person's desire, as his faith grows to worship a particular demigod, I, as the super-soul in his heart, make his faith strong in that demigod, as he is a form of me. His faith nourished by me, such a devotee continues worshipping the deity of that demigod and attains all his desired objects from that deity. Again, this happens by my sanction alone, since I am the super-soul, situated within the heart of the demigod, too. But the fruit obtained by those unwise worshippers is temporary.
They reach the gods they worship, but my devotees come to me. My external, super-excellent nature, my form, qualities, activities, and pastimes are transcendental. But unwise persons cannot know the truth, and they think the formless Brahma took birth in Vasudev's cell as an ordinary human being. By my sweet will, remaining concealed by my own potency, I am not manifest to anyone and everyone. So the foolish cannot know me, the son of Vasudev, unborn and ever-existent, my divine form of beautiful feature, like a blackish rain cloud. O Arjuna, I know all living beings of the past, present, and future, but no one can know me in truth. O Arjuna, chastiser of the enemy, at the manifestation of the universe, all beings become deluded by duality based on their likes and dislikes. But the performers of virtuous deeds are purified of all sin. Thus freed from the illusion of duality, they worship me with firm resolve. Those who strive for freedom from the world of disease and death, placing their trust and devotion in me, they know Brahma, they know the soul, and they know karma the action that binds the soul again and again to this mundane plane of suffering. And those who know me in relation to the worldly plane, the celestial plane, and the plane of sacrifice, such persons, their consciousness absorbed in me, know me even at the time of death. Arjuna inquired, O Supreme Person, what is Brahma, and what is the soul? What is action and what is the worldly plane? What is the celestial plane? Within the body, who is the agent of sacrifice? And how is he present? And how are you to be known by the self-controlled at the time of death? The Supreme Lord spoke thus. It is said that Brahma is the imperishable absolute and the soul is the living being's own pure spiritual nature. By action is meant the creative force, manifesting through the gross and subtle elements the bodies of a human and other species of life. O Arjuna, best of beings, the worldly plane means that which is perishable. The celestial plane is the collective universal form which encompasses and governs the demigods and I am the Lord of Sacrifice, present as, as the Supersoul within the bodies of all living beings, as a sanctioner and rewarder of their actions. One who thinks of me at the time of death attains to my nature of departing this world. Of this there is no doubt. O son of Kunti, one who has always thought of a particular object will remember it and attain to it after leaving the body. Therefore, by always remembering me, fight as it is your natural duty. Dedicating your mind and intelligence to me, you will reach me. Of this, there is no doubt. O Partha, the yogi who practices meditation with an undeviating mind, always thinking of the effulgent supreme person, reaches him. He 
the Supreme Person, is the all-knowing, beginningless, merciful teacher of devotion unto himself. Although more subtle than the atom, he is the infinite support of all existence. His form is supramundane, that is, of a human-like feature, yet he is self-illuminating, and all illuminating like the sun, he is transcendental to illusion. One whose mind is fully focused by strength of yoga practice, who continuously remembers him with devotion, and who at the time of death establishes the life force between the eyebrows, with full concentration thinking of him, reaches the effulgent supreme person. Along with the method of attaining it, I shall describe to you that objective which the learned knowers of the Vedas call Om. The imperishable within the desireless ascetics enter, and with the devout seekers aspire to reach by practicing the vow of celibacy. Controlling all the gateways of the senses, holding the mind steady within the heart, establishing the life force between the eyebrows, and fully absorbing the thoughts in the spiritual self. One who at the time of leaving the body vibrates the monosyllable Om and parts the world in consciousness of me reaches my transcendental world. O Partha, a person who in one pointed remembers me, he always in all circumstances, in his relationship with me, constantly aspires for my divine association. I am easily reached by such a devotee. The great souls who become my associates in my divine pastimes, having reached me, are never again born into transitory existence, which is the abode of suffering. O Arjuna, from the plain of Lord Brahma downwards, all plains and the residents are subject to return. But, O Arjuna, there is no rebirth after reaching me. A day of Lord Brahma lasts for one hundred thousand yugas, and his night is of the same duration. Persons who know this have the true conception of day and night. With the coming of day, the universal progeny with their bodies, senses, enjoyable objects and abodes are born of Lord Brahma in his waking state, and at nightfall they are again absorbed into Lord Brahma, who is known as the unmanifest. O Partha, the multitude of beings are helplessly subject to the law of karma, born again and again. With the coming of Lord Brahma's night they are absorbed, and with the coming of his day they are again born. But superior to this unmanifest, there is another, and that existence is beginningless and transcendental to the perception of the living beings. He is not destroyed when all beings are destroyed. He is said to be the unmanifest and the invincible, proclaimed by the Upanishads to be the supreme goal, reaching whom one does not return to this world. Know that destination to be my supreme abode. O Partha, being the supreme person within, within whom all beings are situated and by whom this whole universe is pervaded and attainable, only by exclusive devotion. O Arjuna, 
Now I shall describe to you the circumstances in which the yogis attain either liberation or rebirth at the moment of death. Upon leaving the body, the knowers of Brahma attain him via the path of fire, light, day, the waxing moon, and the sun's northern ascent. Upon leaving the body, the karma yogi reaches the heavenly plane via the path of smoke, night, the waning moon, and the sun's southern ascent, but returns to undergo rebirth. These two paths of the world, the bright and the dark, are accepted as being perpetual. By the bright path liberation is obtained, and by the dark path one is reborn. O Partha, the devotee who knows these bright and dark paths is not deluded. Therefore, O Arjuna, be ever fixed in transcendental, exclusive devotion. Thus knowing of my glories, and the glories of devotion to me, the devoted soul, surpassing the scripturally cited fruits of piety achieved by the chanting of Vedas and the performing of sacrifices, austerity and charity, attains my supreme, holy abode. The Supreme Lord said, I now reveal to you, who are without envy, this most hidden treasure of knowledge of pure devotion, with direct realization of me, knowing which you will be liberated from inauspiciousness, from all that is opposed to devotion. Know this to be the king of secrets, the king of knowledge, supreme, pure, and imperishable. It is known by direct realization. It is the perfection of religion, and it is very easy to practice. O conqueror of the enemy, Men who have no faith in this hidden treasure of devotion to me are unable to reach me, and so they remain wandering on the path of death in the material world. The entire universe is pervaded by me in my unmanifest form, and all beings are situated in me, yet I am not in them. Again, they are not in me. Behold my supreme mystical power of inconceivable oneness and difference. I myself am the mainstay and origin of all beings, but I am not in them. Know that as the mighty wind blowing everywhere rests always in the sky, similarly all beings rest in me. O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, all beings are merged in the material nature of three modes, which is my external potency. And at the beginning of a new millennium, I make them manifest again. I control my potency of material nature to repeatedly manifest the multitude of beings who are helplessly controlled by their natures. O conqueror of wealth, I remain detached and situated as neutral in the cosmic manifestation, sustenance, and withdrawal, but these functions cannot bind me. O Arjuna, ordained by me, my illusory potency produces this universe of moving and stationary beings. Thus it is manifest over and over again. Not knowing the transcendental nature of my form of human features, Ignorant persons blaspheme me, the supreme lord of all beings, 
considering me a mere mortal. Their hopes, acts, knowledge, and thoughts all in vain. Such persons acquire the ignorant and demoniac nature which leads to their downfall. But, O Partha, the great-hearted souls take refuge in the divine nature, and they wholeheartedly worship and adore me, knowing me as the eternal origin of all. They continually chant my glories, strive to learn spiritual truths about me, and faithfully follow the devotional practices. Bowing to me and worshipping me with devotion, they aspire for their eternal relationship with me. Others perform the knowledge sacrifice and worship me in oneness. Others worship me in differentiation. Yet others worship me in a multitude of ways as the universal form. I am the Vedic sacrifice and the five sacrifices to the demigods and others as enjoyed in the Smirti scriptures. I am the oblation to the ancestors, the food and the mantra. I am the sacrificial ingredients such as ghee. I am the consecrated fire, and I am the act of offering. I am the father and the mother of all the universe, and the ordainer of the living being's fruits of action. I am the forefather and the object of all knowledge. I am the purifying Om. I am the goal, the maintainer, master, witness, refuge, guardian, and true friend. I am the universal manifestation, sustenance, and withdrawal. I am the reservoir. I am the original seed. I am the imperishable supreme Lord. O Arjuna, I give heat, and the rain comes and goes by my will. I am immortality and death. I am truth and untruth. Persons who perform the fruit of ritualistic sacrifices prescribed in the three of the Vedas worship Indra and many other demigods. In fact, they worship me, but in an indirect way. They drink the sacrificial remnants of the Soma beverage, purify themselves of sin, and pray to attain the heavenly plane. As the result of their piety, they reach heaven and enjoy celestial pleasures. After enjoying the vast heavenly plane, upon the exhaustion of their pious merits, they return to the human plane. In this way, persons desiring enjoyment who follow the Vedic rituals for demigod worship come and go. They undergo repeated birth and death in this material world. I bear the responsibility of acquiring and protecting the necessities of my fully dependent devotees who are always absorbed in the thought of me and who worship me in every way. O Arjuna, the devotees of the demigods who have faith in worshipping them are actually worshipping me, but incorrectly. I alone am the enjoyer and rewarder of all sacrifices. But being ignorant of my position, the worshippers of demigods fall to take birth again. The demigod worshippers reach the demigods. The forefather worshippers go to the plane of their ancestors, and the worshippers of the spirits go to the spirits. But those who worship me come to me. 
If one offers me with devotion a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, I affectionately accept that offering of the clean-hearted devotee. O Arjuna, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer in sacrifice, whatever you give, and whatever vow you may keep, do everything as an offering unto me. Acting thus, you will be freed from bondage to action and its auspicious or inauspicious results. With mind selflessly linked to mine, you will be perfectly liberated, and you will come to me. I am equal to all, so no one is my enemy or my friend, yet for those who serve me with love, they are bound by affection for me. I am similarly bound by the tie of affection for them. If even a very sinful person serves me exclusively with devotion, he should be regarded as saintly, for his resolve is perfect. He swiftly becomes a person of virtuous practice and attains constant peace. O son of Kunti, declare to the world that my devotee is never vanquished. O son of Partha, persons of low birth, women, Merchants or laborers, they too attain the supreme destination by taking full refuge in me. So can there be any doubt that those Brahmins and saintly kings who are pure devotees will achieve the supreme goal? Therefore, worship me, since although this human body is temporary and a place of suffering, it is attained only after many births and it affords the best opportunity to render devotional service to me. Always think of me. Be my devotee. Always worship me and offer obeisances to me. Thus offering yourself to me and making refuge in me, you will come to me. The Supreme Lord said, O heroic Arjuna, listen to my supreme word once more. Desiring your welfare, I shall speak to you, you who are very dear to me. Neither the demigods nor the sages can understand my transcendental appearance in this world, as I alone am the origin of those celestial beings and sages. One who knows me, the son of Devaki, as the birthless, beginningless supreme lord of all beings, is undiluted among men and completely liberated from their sin. Intelligence knowledge, freedom from delusion, forbearance, truthfulness, mental control, sense control, happiness, unhappiness, birth, death, fear, courage, nonviolence, equanimity, satisfaction, austerity, charity, fame, and infamy. All these various attributes of the living beings are born of me alone. The seven great sages, headed by Marichi, and preceding them the four Brahmin sages, and also the fourteen Manus or progenitors, headed by Svampai Bhuva, are all empowered by me and are born of Lord Brahma, who is a manifestation of my mind. Mankind in all progeny descends from these patriarchs. One who thus knows in my true supremacy 
and devotional service serves me an unwavering realization. Of this there is no doubt. I am Krishna, the sweet absolute, the origin of all. The entire universe of material and transcendental play, activity, purpose, and scripture all evolve for me alone. Realizing this hidden treasure, persons of fine theistic intelligence surpass the mundane and embrace the path of love, divine, and adore me forever. Always thinking of me, those surrendered souls converse about me, enlightening one another with the nectar of their devotional realizations, ever content and ecstatic in their divine natures. To these devotees, who are always lovingly engaged in my service, I give the divine inspiration by which they can come to me. Out of compassion for them, I, situated within the hearts of all living beings, dispel the darkness of ignorance with the radiance of knowledge. Arjuna said, O Lord, you are the supreme Brahma, the supreme shelter, and the Supreme Savior. All the prominent sages have described you as the self-manifest, eternal, supreme person, the fountainhead of all opulences, and the root of all existence for whom divine play, everything emanates. And now you are personally declaring this to be the truth. O Kesava, I fully accept that you have said, O Lord, Indeed, neither demigods nor demons know your personality in full. O Supreme Person, Universal Father, Lord of all beings, God of gods, Lord of the universe, only you can know yourself by your own divine potency. Please describe to me in your full, your personal opulences by which you pervade all these worlds. O Lord of divine potency, how can I be constantly absorbed in thought of you? How can I know you? In which form should I think of you? Please describe in detail your opulences and the path of devotion to you, for I never tire of hearing your ambrosial words. The Supreme Lord said, O Arjuna, best of the Kurus, my glories are unlimited, so I shall tell you of my principal transcendental opulences manifest in this world by my divine potency. O conqueror of sleep, I am the super-soul within the hearts of all beings, and I am their beginning, middle, and end. I am Vishnu. Of the luminaries, I am the radiant sun. Of the stars, I am the moon. Of the Vedas, I am. Of the demigods, I am Indra the sun. Of the senses, I am the mind. I am the life of all that lives. Of the eight Vasus, I am Agni. Of the mountains, I am Sumeru. O Partha, you should know me as the chief of priests. Of generals, I am Kartikeya. And of reservoirs, I am the ocean. Sound vibrations, I am Om. Of all sacrifices, I am the chanting of the holy names, of the immovable, 
I am the Himalayas. I am the Asvata among trees, Narad among godly sages, Chitratha of the heavenly singers, and Kapilamuni of perfected beings. Among horses, know me as Uchai Chasva, who was born of nectar, know me as Arivata among elephants, and king among men. Of weapons I am the thunderbolt, and of cows I am the heavenly desire fulfilling cow. Of cupids I am the progenitor, and of one-headed venomous snakes I am Vasuki, the king of snakes. Of the multi-headed serpents I am Anatananga, and of aquatics I am Vanunadev. Of the deified ancestors I am Arima, and of ministers I am Yamaraj, the lord of punishment. Of the Daityas I am Pralad, and of subjugators I am Time. Of animals I am the lion, and of birds I am the Garuda. Of sanctifiers I am the wind. Of heroes I am Lord Padrasaram. Among fish I am the shark. And of rivers, I am the Ganges. O Arjuna, of all that is manifest, I am the beginning, middle, and end. Of all wisdom, I am self-knowledge. I am the philosophy of philosophers. Of the primary letters of the alphabet, I am the letter A. And of compound words, I am the dual. I alone am the endless flow of time. And of universal creators, I am the four-headed Brahma. Of plunderers, I am the all-devouring death. And of the predestined six transformations, I am birth the foremost. Of femininity, I am fame, beauty, perfect speech, remembrance, intelligence, patience, and forgiveness. The seven wives of Dharma. Of all the mantras, I am the Barstama prayer to Lord Indra. Of the months, I am the foremost, and of the seasons, I am spring. I am the gambling of cheats and the glory of the glories. I am victory. I am perseverance. I am the power of truth of the honest. Of the Yadavas, I am Vasudev. Of the Pandavas, I am Arjuna. Of the sages, I am Vyasadev. Of the knower of the scriptures, I am Sukracharya. I am the punishment meted out by the enforcers of the law. I am the political wisdom of those desiring to conquer. I am the silence of secrets. I am the wisdom of the wise. O Arjuna, whatever is considered the origin of all beings, I am that. Nothing, whether stationary or moving, can exist without me. O conqueror of the enemy, my divine glories have no end. I have given to you but an indication. Know for certain that whatever is magnificent, beautiful, or glorious is born of but a fraction of my power. But Arjuna, what is the need of elaborating further of my opulences? I support this entire universe in my fractional expansion as the supersoul of material nature. 
Arjuna said, By your grace, you have revealed your hidden treasure to me, and my ignorance of your supreme self has been dispelled. O lotus-eyed Lord, I have heard your elaborate description of the manifestation and dissolution of the living beings, and I have also heard your description of your glories. O Lord, you have perfectly described your supreme self, yet I wish to see the glorious form of yours. I implore thee, if you consider it possible for me to see it, please reveal your imperishable form to me. The Supreme Lord said, O Partha, behold my innumerable divine forms of many kinds, colors, and shapes. O Bharat, behold the gods. Behold many wondrous forms hitherto unseen. O vigilant Arjuna, behold in one place, in this form of mine, the whole universe of moving and stationary beings, or anything else you desire to see. But you cannot see me with these eyes, so I give you divine vision. Behold my divine opulences. Sanjaya said, O King Durastarya, speaking thus to Arjuna, the omnipotent Supreme Lord Sri Hari revealed his magnificent, almighty form. The Lord revealed his effulgent, omnipresent, and wonderful universal form of many mouths and eyes, many marvels, effulgent dress and garlands, anointed with celestial fragrances, many dazzling ornaments, and gleaming, upraised weapons. The brilliance of a thousand suns appearing simultaneously in the sky might resemble the effulgence of this great universal form of the Lord. At that moment, there on the battlefield, Arjuna saw the entire multifaceted universe in one within the body of Lord Sri Krishna, the God of Gods. Astonished, the hairs of his body standing on end, Arjuna bowed his head in obsessions to Lord Krishna. Placing his palms together, he prayed. Arjuna said, O Lord, I see within your body the demigods, all species of life, the celestial sages and serpents, Mahadev and Lord Brahma seated on the lotus flower. O universal form and Lord of the universe, in all directions I see it, your many arms, your bellies, mouths and eyes, I see no beginning, middle or end in you. I see you everywhere with crown, club and disc, a mass of effulgence illuminating all the light like the blazing light of the sun, difficult to behold and incomprehensible. You are the supreme absolute truth known by the scriptures. You are the supreme reservoir of the universe and the imperishable preserver of the eternal religion described in the scriptures. I now understand you to be the eternal supreme personality. I see you without beginning, middle or end, infinitely powerful with countless arms. Your eyes are the sun and the moon. Your mouth is like blazing fire. The entire universe is seared by your radiance. You alone pervade all directions 
and all space between heaven and earth. O gracious one, seeing this wondrous and fearsome form of yours, all the inhabitants of the three worlds are terrified. All the demigods are entering into you, some fearfully offering you prayers with cupped hands. The great sages and perfected beings are singing your glories in beautiful verses, saying, May all auspiciousness come to the world. The Rudras, Adityas, Vasus, Sadyas, Visadevas, Asvini Kumaras, Vayus, deities of the forefathers, the Gandharvas, Yaksas, Asuras, and Sitas. Indeed, they all marvel to behold you. O mighty armed one, seeing your vast form of many mouths, eyes, arms, legs, feet, and bellies, fearful with its many teeth, all beings, including myself, are afflicted with fear. O Vishnu, seeing your sky-touching, dazzling form of myriad colors, with gaping mouth and huge fiery eye, my heart trembles with fear. I cannot find peace. Seeing your mouths resembling the fire of universal annihilation, ghastly with their terrible teeth, I am distraught to have lost my bearings. Be gracious, O God of gods, abode of the universe. The sons of Duratastra, their allied kings, and Bhishma, Drona, and Karna, along with our chiefly warriors, are all rushing into your dreadful mouths of terrible teeth. Some can be seen with their heads caught and crushed by your maw. As many rivers flow toward the ocean to fully enter it, so these heroes of the world are entering your flaming mouths that illuminate all around. As moths are impelled to their death in blazing fire, similarly, all the worlds are haplessly rushing to certain death entering into your mouths. O Vishnu, with your mouths, you are, relish, you are relishing devouring all the worlds. You are pervading, glaring effulgence, searing the entire universe. O fearsome one, please tell me who you are. I offer obeisance unto you. Please be gracious. I wish to fully know you, the origin, as I do not know why you do these things. The Supreme Lord said, I am time, the mighty vanquisher of all, and I am engaged in destroying the worlds. Even if you do not slay them, not one of the warriors in the empty party will be spared. So arise, be glorious, conquer the enemies and enjoy a flourishing kingdom. All these warriors have already been slain by me. You are but my instrument. Slay Drona, Bhishma, Jayadratha, Karna, and the many warriors who are not as good as slain by me. Fear not. Fight. You will be victorious over the enemy. Sanjaya said, Hearing these words of the Lord, the trembling Arjuna bowed his head placing the palms of his hands together in prayer. With a fearful heart, bowing again, he spoke falteringly. Arjuna said, O Lord, 
It is fitting that the whole world joyfully sings your glories with love. The demons flee, scattering in all directions, and the perfected beings offer obedience to you. And, O gracious one, how would they not bow to you, O worshipable creator of the even the creator Brahma? O infinite God of gods, O abode of the universe, you are the manifest, the unmanifest, the supreme, imperishable. You are the eternal origin of all the demigods and the only refuge of this universe. You are the knower and the knowable and the supreme abode. O Lord of infinite forms, the entire universe is pervaded by you. You are the father and the grandfather of all beings. You are air, death, fire, the ocean and the moon. Obedience is unto you thousands of times again and yet again. O embodiment of all existences, my obedience unto you from the front, behind, and all directions. O Lord of unlimited potency and immeasurable prowess, you pervade all, and therefore you are all. Due to the familiarity of affection I have rashly addressed you, Krishna, Yadava, or my friend, ignorant of you and your greatness. O infallible Lord, whatever disrespect I have shown you in jest while relaxing, resting, sitting, or eating, either alone with you or in company, I beg you, the inconceivable, to please forgive me. You are the father of all living beings, the worshipable and most glorious teacher. You have no equal within these three worlds. How can there ever be anyone greater than you, O Lord of unrivaled power? So I offer my prostrate obedience unto you, my Lord and Master, praying for your mercy. Please excuse me as a father, friend, or lover overlooks the mistakes of his son, companion, or beloved. O Lord, my heart is joyful to see your hitherto unseen, universal form. Yet I am afraid. O God of gods, shelter of the universe, be gracious upon me and appear in the form I saw before. I wish to see you again wearing a crown and holding a club and disc. O thousand-armed Lord, O universal form, please appear in that four-armed visage. The Supreme Lord said, O Arjuna, to grant you my special favor, I have today revealed this effulgent, universal, infinite, and primeval form by my divine potency. This supreme universal form has never been seen by anyone before. O Arjuna, most valiant of the Kodavas, no one in this human plane can see this form of mine that you have seen, neither by study of Vedas, nor by sacrifices, nor by charity, or ritual, or austerity. Be not bewildered by seeing this terrible aspect of mine. Do not fear. With a peaceful heart, behold my forearmed form once more. Sanjaya said, Speaking thus to Arjuna, Krishna again revealed his own form, and once again he revealed his charming personality, the most merciful Krishna of human feature, adorned with yellow cloth, the jewel, and garland. 
thus reassuring his fearful friend. Arjuna said, O Krishna, seeing your beautiful form of human feature, I am calm and composed once more. The Supreme Lord said, O Arjuna, it is very rare that anyone sees this my form which you now behold. Even the gods constantly aspire for a glimpse of this human-like divine form. Neither by study of the Vedas, by austerity, charity, or sacrifice, can anyone see my eternal human-like form of the sweet absolute as you see me? O Arjuna, conqueror of the enemy, only by pure devotion is it possible to know me, see me, and enter my divine pastimes. O Arjuna, my devotee who gives up all attachments and whose heart is totally free from enmity, enmity to all beings, who serves me wholeheartedly, knowing me as the Supreme reaches me. Arjuna inquired, Of those devotees who are constantly engaged in worshipping, with exclusive devotion, and those who are worshipped through impersonal Brahma, who is the best knower of yoga? The Supreme Lord said, In my opinion, those who with faith in the divine are absorbed in the thought of me and worship me constantly with exclusive devotion are superior knowers of yoga. However, those who are fully in control of their senses, who are equal-minded towards everything, who are dedicated to the welfare of all beings and thus worship my ineffable, impersonal, all-pervading, inconceivable, unchanging, immovable, eternal, attributeless aspect of Brahma, they too attain me. Persons whose minds are unattached to the personal Brahma must undergo a greater struggle, as the path of attaining the impersonal Brahma is difficult for the embodied soul. But those who offer all their actions to me take refuge in me, their hearts absorbed in thought of me in pure devotion, and who thus worship and adore me, O Partha, I swiftly deliver such dedicated souls from the deathly ocean of material suffering. So fix your mind in me always, and repose your intelligence in me, and you will ab ultimately abide in me. Of this there is no doubt. And if you are not unable to firmly fix your mind in me, Try to attain me by the repeated practice of remembering me. If you cannot do that either, concentrate on offering your actions to me. You will attain perfect thought, action, and performance by me. And if you cannot do that, then resolve to give up, for me, the fruits of your actions. For knowledge of me is superior to mere practice, and meditation of me is superior to knowledge alone. For meditation comes the selflessness of giving up. For me, the fruits of action, following which peace ensues. One who is without hatred, who is freely and compassionate towards all, free from possessiveness and ego, equipoised and unhappy in happy circumstances, forgiving, always content, a self-controlled yogi of firm resolve, who has given his mind and intelligence to me, such a person is my devotee, and he is dear to me.
one who causes no disturbance to anyone, and who is not disturbed by anyone, who is free from all fear and desire and happiness and unhappiness, who is free from grief and elation, he is dear to me. One who is without expectation, who is clean-hearted, who is impartial, fearless, and a renouncer of all selfish undertakings, he is my devotee, he is dear to me. One who is neither elated nor resentful, who neither laments nor hankers as he has renounced both auspicious and inauspicious endeavors, and who is endowed with devotion, he is dear to me. As a person who sees with equality an enemy and a friend, who is equipoised in honor and dishonor, and in the presence of cold, heat, pleasure and pain, who is given up all attachment, who considers abuse and praise equally, who is contemplative, who is satisfied in all circumstances, who has no attachment to hearth and home, whose mind is peaceful, and who is endowed with devotion, he is dear to me. Those faithful devotees, who, knowing me as the supreme goal of life, wholeheartedly devile, follow the Nitarian path I have described, are very dear to me. That, lovely viewer, is the second third of the Bhagavad Gita. We have finished at the end of chapter 12, and in two more days, you get to listen to the end of the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita takes place right in the middle of the Mahabharata. Mahabharata being the larger epic. The Gita is just the small part where Krishna speaks to Arjuna. And this has already taken two whole episodes and about two hours of recording. I hope you have learned and enjoyed your time here. Follow the Patreon like normal. If you do, I get to tell you what your name is once a month. Or whenever I can remember. This still counts as the same episode, so I guess probably next episode I'll tell you how thankful I am for each and every one of you. But I truly am. Every one of you who helps out in any way, sharing us to your story, or uh, giving us words of wisdom, or liking our posts, or whatever. You all help us out so very much. And during JT week, I'd like for you to all give Tristan a well wish for his vacation because it's going to be me for two more episodes. I'm uploading four episodes this week. Look out for Mr. Dank Deleuze in about two episodes. We're going to be talking as a postlude to the Gita. Thank you all again for listening to this episode of Normifrenia. I hope you've enjoyed, and I hope that you have a good night.